It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. And today's episode is is really, honestly, just dedicated to answering one simple question. How many Crimson Tide prospects is too many for the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of the 2021 NFL Draft? Uh, uh, of course, if you've been monitoring and listening to the show this week and following along with the buildup to the Senior Bowl, you'll have noticed that the Dolphins keep getting a la carte added uh, Alabama Crimson Tide prospects. You know, they, they've been systemically releasing each position group and, and who from each position group is going to be playing on what team. The Dolphins, uh, it was revealed on Monday, were getting wide receiver Devonta Smith. And then the offensive line group comes out, and all those guys go to the Carolina Panthers. And then Mac Jones joins the event, and he too goes to the Carolina Panthers. And then Najee Harris gets added, and Najee goes to the Dolphins. So you start reading the tea leaves, and of course mock drafts, it's going to be really popular to just surround Tua Tungavaloa with all of his weapons from this Alabama Crimson Tide offense, and do your best to, to transplant all of that infrastructure that made Tua so successful at Alabama and transplant that to the Dolphins. So the question being, how realistic is this? How deep can it go? You know, if we were to open the NFL draft and stay put at three and draft Devonta Smith, how many consecutive picks could you really honestly go down the gauntlet and just pick Alabama Crimson Tide players? Because it is setting up for the Dolphins to draft Devonta Smith and Najee Harris with their first two selections. Both of these guys almost feels as though they were handpicked to be on the Dolphins roster. So what I'd like to do today, and I'll probably do this with other schools and programs down the road here throughout the course of the offseason, want to look at each pick that the Dolphins currently own and which prospects from the University of Alabama would be realistic selections at that spot. We'll start at number three. We're going to dive right in today. If you are going to stay put at three, I think the only Alabama Crimson Tide prospect that is Worth consideration is Devonta Smith because of kind of where his stock has gone and the season he's coming off of. Uh, I do think he will go first out of the two Alabama wide receivers, him and Jalen Waddle. Waddle has an injury that he's dealing with and was not 100% in the national championship game when, they, when he returned. So kind of just keeping an eye on Jalen Waddle and his stock, and we're not going to really get like a true combine. You know he's fast. I think that's why this senior bowl was so important for Devonta Smith to show up and, and have a way in and, you know, not even if he's not going to do anything, which he's not, uh, to have a way in to try and dispel some of the narrative around his frame and kind of put the Dolphins as a team picking at number three to some peace of mind that he is a a feasible 
perimeter wide receiver at the NFL level. And you know he runs perimeter routes. He runs routes from all areas of the field very well. But I don't think there's anybody else. The only other player that I would endorse in the top 10 at all would be Jalen Waddell, and that would be in a trade-back scenario because I think you can get away with that a little bit easier than Devonta Smith. And I would still advocate for trading back for Devonta Smith, too. I wouldn't be mad if they stayed put at three, and I think that's something I, I should probably drive home uh, because I know I go through a lot of musings on this podcast, and it seems like you know thoughts kind of come and go, and, and my point can get lost. So not mad if they stay put at three and draft Devonta Smith, although I ideally would like to try and coax Cincinnati up from five or Philly up from number six to get Penny Sewell. Uh, but these two wide receivers are, are your only top 10 candidates. So, but when the Dolphins come on the board at 18, I would expect every other Alabama prospect is going to be available to them. There's an outside chance Jalen Waddle gets down into that range. Remember, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma last year ended up going at 17. It's not unheard of for wide receivers to kind of dip a little bit, but a guy who's going to run as fast as Waddle is, I'd be surprised if he does sl- slip that far. Uh, what the Dolphins do have going for them in this regard is that the wide receiver class this year is good. The wide receiver free agent class is really good. You're going to have opportunities for teams to fill that need. And because there's depth in the class, you know, maybe teams aren't so prompted. It's wishful thinking, but it's something to bear in mind as we we kind of see the draft process evolve and and play out before our eyes. But at 18, I think your candidates, uh, realistic candidates for who the Dolphins could pick from the University of Alabama, Najee Harris is one, Jalen Waddell, if he's there, and Alex Leatherwood. Uh, Najee Harris, of course, he's got great chemistry with Tua. The, the two were best of friends at Alabama. Uh, running back positional value, this is about as early as where you you think you'd start to see this. I, I don't think you have to worry about Arizona in front of Miami plucking a running back. And if you do, I think they'd covet ETN anyway. So uh, Harris is one that is going to be really popular to pencil in here. And um, that's kind of what spawned and was the catalyst for this podcast because when Harris got added to the senior bowl roster bowl roster, it was, wow, you know, they're, they're really going to get a look at both of these guys for a week. And that's invaluable in this climate. So uh, Alex Leatherwood being the other name that was mentioned here, appeal to Alex is in my opinion, uh, you look at a lot of what the dolphins have coveted and what they coveted last off season They want size, they want power, they want positional flexibility. The value there, of course, being you can get your best combination of five by having guys that are interchangeable and not just having a guy that is exclusive at all five positions. Alex has played a right guard at Alabama, and he's played left tackle. So he's checked the boxes on playing with different handed stances for playing on either side of the line, and he's checked the box for playing at guard and playing at tackle. For the Dolphins, I think he would make the most sense inside at guard. Uh, you know, But if you wanted to play him at right tackle and move Robert Hunt inside, you could do that too. The positional flexibility that you would get with Alex Leatherwood would be an ultimate game changer uh, for the Dolphins as they continue to shuffle their offensive line and freeze them up to make economic decisions like what do we do with Eric Flowers, etc., etc., etc. 
Um, but I doubt he'd make it to 36. He might. But I do think that's an interesting thing when you look at uh, the draft order and as it currently stands. And all the teams here that are positioned between 18 and 36, you ask yourself, which one of these teams need running backs? It's the Jets. You know, are they really going to invest in a, a running back at 23 overall with all the needs on that roster? Uh, but just ask the question, like Washington at 19. No, they need a tackle, though. Chicago, Dave Montgomery was like fourth in the NFL in rushing this past year. No, the Colts just traded up for Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Costanza retired, though. They need a tackle. Uh, the Jets, they're probably taking a quarterback. Uh, they have Mekhi Becton. They need a running back, but they also need a right tackle. The Steelers, uh, they need both. Uh, They definitely need a running back, but Pittsburgh has been a team that has drafted for uh, positional value. Traditionally, Alejandro Villanueva is going to be a free agent, and they're like third worst cap situation in the NFL. They have to let some guys go. Jacksonville. James Robinson just came on the scene. Cam Robinson left tackles, a free agent. They have Trevor Lawrence coming into the fray. The Cleveland Browns don't need either of these two. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens don't need either of these two. The New Orleans Saints don't need either of these two. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you could maybe make an argument for running back, and you could maybe make an argument for left tackle to replace Donovan Smith, but like neither one of those are super pressing issues for a team that's in win now and is looking for pieces to put them over the top. The Buffalo Bills, an interesting spot for uh, running back. I doubt they would go that direction, but we also saw the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020 effectively quadruple down on their offensive skill player strength and draft a a running back. The Green Bay Packers just drafted Aaron Jones, just locked in David Bakhtiari. They're not going that way either way. Kansas City Chiefs just drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Their left tackle position is in need of help. So, like, you clearly see, you look at all the teams that made the playoffs, and you vet, you know, what their situation looks like. There are so many more teams that need an offensive lineman versus a running back. And I get you could have a team that's going to jump up and trade up in front of you and et cetera. And, you know, it's, it, it's getting greedy to, to pass on Najee if you're committed to drafting Najee, just take him at 18 because uh, he might not make it to 36. But if you want to improve and have optimal scheme flexibility up front with your offensive line, I think there's an argument to be made that you could take the running back second and go get Alex Leatherwood uh, to boost onto your offensive line. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. RockAuto.com has everything you need for your classic and daily driver, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Their catalog is super easy to navigate, and whether you're looking for something for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you, and get your transportation right. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. The NFL playoffs are here, and while the Dolphins are not qualified, it does not mean you cannot still be a winner This winter, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust for all of your online sports bets, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. At 36, uh, there is another candidate that comes into the fray here. There's a 0% chance Jalen Waddles uh, there. I think there's a fringe but outside chance that Alex Leatherwood is still available. He's probably going to be gone. Najee Harris, I would say flip a coin. Maybe a little better than flip a coin. Maybe 60% chance he's still there. Landon Dickerson, the center, is the other name that comes into the fray here, and he absolutely positively balled out this season as far as what he was able to put on display, winning the point of attack, being a big power center. My question is, is that the direction that the Dolphins want to go at the center position? Is Ted Karras, who's a little bit more nimble, a little bit more agile, do they want that, or do you literally just want to build a brick wall up front? Because if you want to build a brick wall up front, Landon Dickerson is the guy to peg to accomplish that. He is really physical, really nasty, really scrappy. He did suffer a knee injury, so there is an outside chance that he may, based on medicals, see his stock drop. But I anticipate this is, based on the tape that he put on display, going to be a top 50 player. 6'6", 3'25". So, you know, you kind of start the piece together. And let's pretend the Dolphins stay put at 3. They stay put at 18. And you're you're working on your third consecutive pick here for the Crimson Tide because you'd go Devonta Smith, Najee Harris. And if you draft Landon Dickerson, you're talking about an offensive line now that has Austin Jackson at 325, Eric Flowers at 340, Landon Dickerson at 325, Solomon Kinley at 345, and Robert Hunt at like 325, 330. Like, just absolute maulers up front. Not that Ted Karras is a small dude. He's just not to the size and functional power of Landon Dickerson, and that's where things you know get exciting. Uh, when you continue to think about all the best teams have identities and, and the Dolphins are going to have to continue to develop their talent, but their identity is really starting to shape, take shape. And I think Landon Dickerson, I think he fits that mold. Uh, but he would be the only other Alabama p- prospect who I think you could make a case offensively. You know, then you, you start getting into, okay, Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle. Is he of interest to you? Dylan Moses, the linebacker. Um, who hasn't really developed to the way in which you know you would have expected based on how he was playing back in 2018. So I'm not super keen on Alabama defensive prospects this year just based on what the point of emphasis for, for this team on both sides of the football is going to have to be for them to get better. Uh, but they would be in play here at 36 if you're going to say all Alabama Crimson Tide prospects. And then you get to 50. And 50 is kind of the end of the road as far as which Alabama prospects you're making the case for to draft, if we were to run the gauntlet and make consecutive picks over and over and over again to start this draft class. Uh, Dickerson, I mentioned there's an outside chance he gets there. The only other player offensively or defensively at this point um, in consideration at 50 would be guard Deontay Brown. If you haven't seen the viral picture of Deontay Brown that's going around on the internet, 
if you think Landon Dickerson at 325-6'6 is big, if you think that Solomon Kinley is big, you have not seen anything yet because Deontay Brown, this dude is legitimate 350 pounds. And that's kind of where I get tempted (laughs) because we've talked about building a wall up front for the Dolphins' offensive line and to a tongue of a low, protecting your quarterback and being physical and buying into the team identity. That's why I've brought both Alex Leatherwood and Deontay Brown to the table here. I think I'd really love, love to see them buy into kind of just a team that will create a tidal wave of push up front. Because that's something that, you know, mano mano the Dolphins did not have a lot of success with. Uh, they got better once Robert Hunt got in and they kind of learned to run behind him a little bit. But imagine how good Robert Hunt is and then put Deontay Brown, who plays right guard, next to him. And Solomon Kinley showed he could play left guard. And put Dickerson in between Deontay Brown and Solomon Kinley. Or if it's not Deontay Brown, make it Alex Leatherwood. And, like, you can really dictate the line of scrimmage. You might not have the most polished, but you would have the biggest and you would have the most physical offensive line in all of football. And for a team that plays, you know, we've talked on the podcast about the advantages of being in South Florida, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. For being a team that plays in the humidity of South Florida, obviously it would be a challenge for these guys to get their conditioning right. But once they did, you welcome any other team in the league to a 1 o'clock kickoff at Hard Rock Stadium where their sideline is the last thing on the field to go into the shade. And you have that kind of physicality with a 230-pound back and Najee Harris running behind it. You can get excited real quick about the prospect of wearing other teams out. And we've talked about you know, the Dolphins' style of winning may not mirror that in which a lot of people would like to see the Dolphins try to win football games, which they're probably not going to be a team that throws the ball 40 times a game every single game. But if you have that up front and you can run the football, you, know, you can be really selective, very involved with play-action passing, And what the end result will be is a team that can convert on those third and shorts and in the red zone, unlike what the team was able to to do this year, that kind of put a glass ceiling on who the Dolphins were as a team. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. 
Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Nobody who would be in play for the Dolphins, however, uh, with their third-round pick at, night, uh, at 82. So that's kind of the cap. If the Dolphins wanted to open their draft with consecutive picks from the Alabama Crimson Tide, you're talking all four top 50 picks. And what that combination looks like, maybe you get lucky, and maybe you end up with Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. You'd be very lucky to get Waddle to fall to 18, but never say never in the NFL draft space. And then you get Najee Harris at 36. Again, you'd have to be fortunate to see it materialize, but I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, and I actually think there's a fair to decent chance that that one happens. And then you get Deontay Brown. Or if Landon Dickerson's injury you know, causes him to drop, you get Landon Dickerson at 50. You've now taken the top two wide receivers, the starting running back, and the starting center. And I dare you to find a bad combination of four players out of that. I dare you. Oh, you're guaranteeing yourself an interior offensive lineman at 50, whether it's Dickerson or whether it's Deontay Brown. So even if you came out and you went Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown. Like that might be the least appealing because there's only two skill player additions and you're going back to the well with significant resources to the offensive line again, which feels redundant because of how the Dolphins invested in the offensive line last year. But if that's the end result, you can get excited about it. So short episode this week, but wanted to explore this question of you know, is there such a thing as too many Alabama prospects for the Miami Dolphins? And I don't think so because of what we've read their intentions to be with how they chose to build the team last year and what they chose to invest in, what we've seen their approach be this year, even if it was frustrating at times, understanding that they are still undermanned offensively. But that was who that, that the Dolphins wanted to be last year. That's how you get there. Because you won't find another team in football that imposes their will more than the Alabama Crimson Tide. And when you can impose your will and, and dictate up front, the byproduct of that is then your explosive plays start to come because teams have to cheat up to try to compensate for you just gouging them on the ground. We have plenty of time to find out. And next week, the Dolphins will get their hands on Najee Harris and Devonta Smith for a week of practice at the Reese's Senior Bowl. I'll be in attendance at the event this year, so excited to get a chance to get out of the house for a few days, uh, definitely mask up, social distance, take in practice, and hope to come away with some really good enlightenments of, of these prospects for the Miami Dolphins in a pivotal 2021 NFL draft this upcoming spring. So hit subscribe on the podcast. I'll be down in Mobile, but I'll still be podcasting, fill you guys in on everything that's happening. Lots to look forward to. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Fins up. Thanks as always for listening. I'll talk with you guys again soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.